You're listening to the B2B Revenue Executive Experience, a podcast dedicated to helping executives train their sales and marketing teams to optimize growth. Whether you're looking for techniques and strategies or tools and resources, you've come to the right place. Let's accelerate your growth in three, two, one. Welcome, everyone, to the B2B Revenue Executive Experience. I'm your host, Chad Sanderson. Today, we're talking about what it means to be a great sales leader, the impact this has on the team, the organization. You know, what does it really mean to be a leader, especially in in turbulent, changing times that we're in today? To help us, we have Mark Ebert, SVP at Sixth Sense. Mark, thank you for taking time and welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Excited to be on. Excellent. So before we jump in, we always like to ask a random question. And I'm always curious, you know, we all have these personal and professional personas and then digital branding and all that happy stuff. I'm curious to know something that you're passionate about that those that may only know you from a work environment might be surprised to learn. Yeah, I, um, I think probably the, the thing that sticks out to me that most people don't know is that I'm I'm big into American history. I'm kind of a nerd when it comes to that. And uh, I don't know why, but ever since I was a child, I was fascinated by it. And, uh, you know, recently moved up to a, a town north of Boston, rich in history and love teaching my kids about it. But it's something I find um, energizing. That is awesome. That is, you know, it's always amazing to me. <laughs> we were talking about Tiago. Tiago was telling me that he he watches uh, Portuguese and Spanish soap operas to keep up with his Get out. keep up with his language. Yeah, so it's always interesting the different perspectives and and elements and things you you learn about people. So I really appreciate you sharing that with our audience. And so topic of the day is is leadership, and that's a powerful loaded very large packed word can mean a lot of things to a lot of people. So I'm curious from your perspective, when we talk about leadership in a, in a business environment, what does that mean to you? How do you define that? Yeah. Well, I think the, the important thing to clear up that I find the most confusing thing is that it's, it's dramatically different than management. Like management, I think is often used interchangeably with leadership but it's definitely different. Leadership, in my mind, is kind of it's open to anyone. It has nothing to do with, you know, rank, if you will. But if I were to throw a definition on it, I would say it's kind of the, the process of empowering and influencing others to kind of develop into the best version of themselves, which in turn collectively leads to a, you know achieving a shared set of goals or you know a mission. So I'd probably have those elements in my definition, which is um, it's open to anyone. And a lot of it has to do with empowering people to just be the best version of themselves, which in turn, you know, you, you can hit your goals. I love it. I love it. So when you think about, you know, the, the best sales leaders you've worked for or with or come across in your career and you kind of distill down, what, what are the key characteristics that you found they've either shared or that you believe are critical today that maybe were, were lacking previously? Yeah, I have been fortunate to work for some awesome sales leaders. That's for sure. As a, a seller, kind of when I think about a frontline leader of mine, I think of um, I think of a guy named Jan Zeman, who now leads sales over at Iterable. And the one thing that sticks out to me the most was that he had confidence in me and I could feel it as a seller. And as we all know, especially in sales, like confidence is, is, is really everything. And it stuck out to me that, you know, I don't know how much we think about how much 
are we building up confidence in our team? But that one sticks out from Jan. And then I think about kind of at, at the executive sales level, trust and transparency are, you know, our leader here, I report into our CEO, Jason Zintak, and, um, you know, he's a longtime sales leader as well. And I certainly feel like he trusts our entire org to go and do what we need to go do. But he's also an incredibly transparent leader, you know, helping us understand why we're making decisions the way we are. And I think everyone appreciates that down through the org. Yeah, I think that's a, it's an important distinction. And, and then the question becomes, once they have those capabilities, how do you see people put those into action from a coaching standpoint, right? If, if they're looking at coaching their teams to be the best role, to achieve the best results, if they're looking to coach them and help them kind of up level their game, how do they go about doing that in a way like you mentioned, you know, the previous leader that, that had confidence in you? What does that look like when it's put into practice or, or the experience that you may have as an individual on that team? So first, there's things that are within the seller's control that I'll touch on as it relates to coaching. And then there are some things that aren't in the seller's control that are equally as important to think about. So as a as a sales leader, if you think about the things that are outside of the control of your sellers, for instance, you know how you package and price, the content that gets delivered from the product marketing team, et cetera, there, there's a big responsibility to own that for your team and make sure that we're recognizing that it's our responsibility to go take care of the things that are outside their control that are preventing them from from achieving what they're setting out to go and achieve. And then there's plenty of things that are inside the, the control of the sellers. And, and that gets back to the whole kind of control what you can control thing and focusing on where we can get better and stronger. Like I said earlier, like what what's preventing you from be being the best at your job that's within your control and making sure that our sales managers are having that conversation frequently with their team. So it's kind of I'd put it into those two different buckets, the way to think about it. And one of the things that you mentioned, you know, as we were prepping for this, it was in the advanced materials was the need for communication. And I think yeah. the way that, you know, the way that if you ask somebody now, maybe some many people in sales versus those out of sales might say, oh, well, more communication in sales means, ah, we're just going to go over the deals more. We're going to look at the pipeline more. It's going to be more kind of overhead type of communication. How do you differentiate or, or come up with a way to communicate that does contribute to that healthy sales culture? Is it just more deal reviews or are there, how are you breaking that up? You know, coaching versus management. What does that look like when you're, when you put it, bring it to life in a communication strategy for the team? Sure. Well, you know, at the top, from a sales leader on down, we make sure we stick to a fairly regular cadence of being in communication with the whole team. Like for us at Sixth Sense, it's at least once a week. Every Monday, we're getting the entire revenue team together and we're talking about all, you know, all sorts of different things. But as we kind of go down a little bit further, to answer your question in short, no, I don't think it's more deal reviews or more pipeline reviews. When we think about communication, it's like, what are the conversations that make up the, the time spent between a seller and their manager? And are, they, are we actually focusing on the right things in those conversations? I think too often, one-on-ones and you know, the, the relationships with the field gets consumed into 
thinking about active deals, that sure it's important. But when we think about going back earlier around coaching, the coaching or enablement aspect often gets left off. And then the other piece that gets left off quite a bit in the communication with the team, especially during kind of COVID and everything that's changed over the last year is just how they're doing mentally. And we've spent a lot of time as a sales org here at Sixth Sense. We spent the last five weeks with a big focus on our team calls, talking openly about how to have conversations with each other about how clear their head is and where their mind's at so that they can go off and work effectively because it's probably one of the least discussed things, but it's one of the biggest things preventing sales teams from really achieving their best results, I think. Well, and and then also creating a safe space for them to be honest and, and vulnerable. I mean, look, we all have this shared human experience of this lovely pandemic and mm-hmm. we all have something that's all impacted us differently or, you know, it's created ramifications in people's lives. Right. And mm-hmm. for me, I went from traveling every week to having been on a plane in, in 14 months and then the sense of disconnection that happens and then how do you pivot a business and then of course what's going on with family i mean in order to really focus on what does it mean to generate a new or a modern pipeline or sales organization i don't think there's any choice but to coach and work with the totality of an individual on the team not just their performance but also get under the hood and what is it that's that's going on with them can they be honest with you to say hey i'm having you know i'm having a bad head day you know this mm-hmm. is going on right now i need some help with this have you found it a challenge for people to embrace that approach as you've done it Well, I would say the moment we started the conversation, which kicked off at our field kickoff in February, was the reaction from the field was overwhelmingly positive, that people, the team was so happy we're finally talking about it, you know, and not treating it like some stigma that we don't talk about our mental health and how well are we sleeping, as an example, (laughs) and those easy, simple things that as a seller, you know, you're off living wherever you're not with your team and you got to get up and grind every day, it's hard and it's exhausting. And so the response from the team here was amazing. And the way I like to talk about it is it's similar to parenting, right? You, you want, you want your children as a parent to tell you what's going on and you've got to create an environment for them to feel comfortable telling you what's going on. You know, only then you can really help them. It's the same exact thing with the sales team, you've got to create an environment where they want, you know, that they're open to talk about these things, not that they're going to feel scolded that like, Hey, I'm not on my a game right now, get that conversation out in the open and work on fixing it. And we got to the bottom of it, you know, at six cents, a lot of it was just fatigue, right? There's no surprise. (laughs) A lot of it was struggles with, you know, dealing with kids in the house, virtual school, the, the like. And the other one was, a lack of enablement on the changes of the way that we were selling. So we really kind of got to the bottom of that. We heard them loud and clear. We doubled down on enablement pretty quickly and started cranking out some new things for them kind of in response to that feedback. But it's hard to develop an environment where you, you know you can get you can get everyone talking openly about it. But when you can, I think is really when you can make some progress moving forward. And then how, you know, there's a, the added challenge of, of having to have that type of 
create that type of safe space, that type of focus on that stuff in a remote environment, which, you know, okay. So I think all of us are getting used to zoom. And, and if, if you've spent so much time in it, you know, we all can figure out who's paying attention, who's multitasking, or, you know, we get the opportunity to read facial expressions, but given that most communication is nonverbal, how are you, how are you accomplishing this remotely with your team? Yeah. Jeez. By the way, speaking of multitasking, if there's ever been a time where I realized I cannot multitask, it's during COVID. <laughs> it is like it's front and center to me that I am I am completely incapable of doing two things at once. And um, you know, a lot of that comes back down to the calendar and like teaching people calendar management. For me, it's been a, a struggle. But yeah, we're doing all sorts of things, you know, thinking about you know, revisiting, do we need to be on Zoom? for internal calls for one-on-ones, you know, we encouraging team members to, you know, take your one-on-ones on a walk or even virtually it's just change of pace and it, getting your legs moving. Hell, that'll make a big difference. The other thing we've done is we've just shortened a lot of our calls. Honestly, you know, 30 minutes, make it 20. Can we get yep. it done in 20 hour meeting? Can it be done in 40 and given the people the time back to recharge and do whatever they need to do before they hop into the next meeting. And, you know, being on video is important so you can see everybody. So there are certain times when we we do ask to see everyone's face. Everyone wants to see each other at some points. And there's a lot of meetings where we, we don't need to. And again, it's like, I don't care. I don't care if your hair is all over the place and you know, you haven't gotten a collared shirt on yet. We can, we don't need to be on video for this meeting. So don't worry about it. So just being a little more flexible with the realities of home life. Right. I love it. I love it. And so, all right, now, we're talking about, okay, we're coming out of the, well, coming out, we're hopefully on the downside of the pandemic, right? And yeah. there's a new, new version of normal, the, there'll probably still continue to be some, you know, some virtual, some in person, that kind of stuff. But now, you know, you guys just, you know, I don't give you the opportunity to, to sing it from the mountaintop. You guys just had a funding event, right? Which means yeah. you're growing. So how, you know, tell me about the funding event and then how is that going to change the way you attract and retain, you know, the top sales, sales talent? Yeah. Uh, well, so we're super excited. It was last week we got to make the announcement with our um, our Series D and raising up $125 million is always is always a, an amazing event at a company. It means we <laughs> not can keep, a bad day. <laughs> keep rolling, keep growing, keep investing. Like everyone's really fired up. But believe it or not, it's, it's when you talk about attracting attracting good talent i'll touch on retaining it in a second but attracting good talent is still hard because there are so many great places to to be working especially in tech where we are and everyone's still fighting for really good talent so we focus a lot on first and foremost we share a lot of our sales results in our in our recruiting process like we talk about sales attainment openly because our sellers, you know, are attaining, they are winning, their our competitive win rates are huge. So any seller wants to hear that, hey, if I come take a job here, how well positioned am I to to win? And then the other thing that we we focus a lot on is where we're heading and our mission, which is the other half of the equation. I think for people out there looking to, you know, find the right place to go work, they want to really get behind a big story. They want to know that you know everyone in the whole company is is completely fired up to go after that mission together and feel a part of it. Especially given you know we're 
the reality of the world we're in at the moment. And so we spend a lot of time on mission and are we clearly articulating what our mission is when we're recruiting? And then are we spending enough time developing or talking about the ability to come here and win is huge. And then lastly, our CEO says this all the time, but you know, we, we say that we want, we recognize that no one's ever going to be, you know, at six cents forever. But what we want is to ensure that your stop here is your best stop on your career journey. And we ask, we ask our recruits, like, what would that look like for you? How can we be, how can we be that for you? And those are some of the key elements that we think about when we're attracting talent on the retention side. It's easy as a sales leader, you retain when, when you're winning and that's easy so long as you're winning. Uh, <laughs> but the, the, the other thing is back to communication. If anything sticks out on how do you retain your best talent, it's have conversa- more conversations with your best talent. And oftentimes we get consumed with conversations where, you know, where we're struggling and the struggling reps, and we often leave the best field sellers without having a voice to the CEO, to the head of sales more frequently enough. So I'd I'd think about how frequently you're going and having that conversation with your top talent and just knowing that you're heard, not that we can go do everything they need you to go do, but just that we're listening, we're eager to hear from the best on, hey, what, what do we need to keep doing to keep winning? Because we respect everything you've got to share. That goes a long way with top talent. And they want to know that they feel like they've got a higher level of importance on decisions that are made and a voice that, that carries all the way up to the top of the business. So we think about that a lot. And when you're doing, when you have people coming through the interview process, are there specific things you're looking for from a behavioral standpoint or, you know, six, uh, you know, not that history necessarily is the best predictor of future results, but you know, what is it when you go through the the interview process that you're looking for, or kind of grabs your attention from a, a talent perspective? So, I've got all our sales managers reading the book, Who, and the the author is going to slip my slip me for a second. It's kind of like a method for hiring, and I'll drop that as a tip. It's one one of the most eye opening books that we can read about how to how to go about looking, you know, clarifying what you're looking for. But a couple of the things that we're focusing on are uh, their demonstrated ability to learn quick in a chaotic environment. You know, for us, we're moving fast. We're trying to, you know, hit our fourth year of 100% growth and things move quick. But we sell a pretty complicated, complex product. It's not, uh, you know, so the ability to learn quickly in a chaotic environment and can you take a complex concept and simplify it through storytelling are two huge things we look at just due to the nature of where we're at at the moment. You know, when you hear things like when all the questions are focused around, help me understand all the structures that you have in place to help me succeed can oftentimes be a red flag because we have to say, you know, we don't have it all. We're going quick. If you can learn quick and be scrappy, you're going to do well here. But if you're looking for a place that has it all figured out, we might not be the right one for you. And so <laughs> we uh, we talk about that a lot. And and lastly, you know, getting to the bottom of their of their why. You know, why are you going to wake up and be totally energized to go do this every day? And top sellers can articulate that really clearly. So we can, we we ask that question quite a bit. Love it. 
I love it. That's a great one. And and that book was who we'll, we'll put the author in the um, episode notes for everybody. So, so be sure to check that one out. So let's change direction here a little bit. We ask all of our guests two standard questions towards the end of each interview. And as an executive, that means you're a prospect for a lot of people out there who probably want to sell you something. And so I'm always curious, you know, if somebody doesn't have that trusted referral in to you, right? Like your best friend says, Hey, talk to this person for you personally, what works when somebody's trying to capture your attention and earn the right to time on your calendar? Just relevance for what's working for other companies that I would genuinely care about is probably the top thing that comes to mind. And what I, what I, the key thing there is for companies that I would care about, not, you know, we're in technology, not messaging that's talking about how they're helping some hospital, you know, optimized spend. I'm thinking about, I want to know what companies that are in our stage, right? Our series of financing that we're gearing up to scale up to eventually take their company public. If I was hearing about other companies that were in that place that this particular business that was reaching out was able to help them do something, I'll listen, right? I mean, those are the, those are the things that I think about a lot. And secondly, this one is obvious, but it is so clear when something's pre-scripted oh. and, um, <laughs> you know, it just gets the delete button right away. Yeah. Uh, so I just, just staying relevant to where we're at as a business, what we're likely looking to go do, and then sharing some stories about other companies that are that they're helping in a similar place is a great place to start. Love it. Love it. All right. So last question, we call it our acceleration insight. If you could give sales professionals one piece of advice, just one that they if they listen to, you believe would help them hit or exceed their targets, what would it be and why? I would say that if you truly believe that you're in control over getting better day in and day out at your role, you're going to be set up to be successful and enjoy your job wherever you are in your career path. And when you're enjoying your job, you work harder, right? Like when you genuinely enjoy it is what it just, it energizes you. But I think the key, the key piece of the equation is you've got to believe that you can get better. You're in control over that. And then celebrate those successes of just getting better, not like the end result, but just get better day in and day out. You're going to find, I think, a lot more joy in your job. And that joy, I think, will translate to a lot of energy to keep going. I love it. I love it. Mark, if a listener's interested in talking more about the topics we've touched on today, where do you want us to send them to your website, hit you on LinkedIn? What works best? Yeah, certainly um, check out SixSense.com or uh of course, on LinkedIn is probably the best, fairly active on there and would uh, be happy to hear from you. All right. Hey, I can't thank you for taking time to be on the show. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me. Enjoy the week. Yeah. All right, everybody. You know the drill. It does it for this episode. B2BRevExec.com. Share it with friends, family, coworkers. And until next time, we at Value Selling Associates wish you all nothing but the greatest success. You've been listening to the B2B Revenue Executive Experience. To ensure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show on iTunes or your favorite podcast player. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.